Welcome everyone to the New York or the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host TJ and with me as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me and thank you TJ. I just won 500 bucks from Vegas. I said you'd probably make a mistake within the first 10 seconds and I was right. (laughs) Oh grumpy old man. You know... Some part of me really wonders what goes through the grumpy old man's mind when the Islanders struggle scoring and we have we have some of the issues that we've been experiencing where it looks like we can't buy a goal. Grumpy old man, you know, I just don't know. I, I really am curious as to what goes through your mind during times like this. Well, uh, honestly, I didn't realize we were going to jump right in it right away, um, but that's fine. Well, no, I, I'm just – I was thinking about it, right? I was thinking about it, you know, since our last podcast on Saturday. These were two games the Islanders really should have come away with some points with. I mean, the New Jersey Devils are – they're a team that you expect towards the bottom end of the division. And the Washington Capitals are a team that you expect at the top end of the division, but in the same token, right, you're expecting you're expecting with the, with the Washington Capitals, with all the injuries and the COVID issues they have – they were going to be a team that was going to struggle. I mean, they hadn't won a game yet since all their players had gone out there on the uh, the COVID protocol, Grumpy, until the Islanders. Oh, hey, Grump, there you are. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, okay. I didn't hear what you said, but that's okay. Okay, Grumpy. It doesn't matter. Well, I was just saying, these, these were games that we should have won or we should have carried away points with, Grumpy old man. Um, I mean, the Devils – Again, a team that bottom tier, bottom bottom part of the division, and the Washington Capitals with all the players they have on COVID protocol, you thought we'd come away with some points. Not just COVID protocol. They had a bunch of injuries too, and we still – we couldn't even get a point out of that game. I mean, I know I'm laughing, but it's just frustrating. You know, after, what, six games now, we've only given up 11 goals, but on the flip side, we only scored 11. Um, I, I mean – I, where do we go from here? You know, you listen to some of the things Trot said after the game, his defense of Komarov having him out there on the ice. I know we're going to do a deep dive into all this tonight, uh, but it's just it's it, it's super frustrating. I do have some positives though from the last couple Before of games. Before we jump in too much, there, Grumpy, I do. Uh, you know, the podcast is sponsored today. Do you want to go ahead and read the little ad we got here from DraftKings, Grumpy Old Man? Before we get started, though, I think is I was just curious as to what goes through your mind when we struggle like this offensively because it's. I feel like it's a time when everybody who rages just thrives in that time period. I didn't know if you if you were the same exact way, Grumpy Old Man. You don't have any type of social media presence. That's why I wondered what goes through the Grumpy Old Man's mind. I start looking at the draft for 2001 <laughs> to see since we'll probably be picking in the top 10. Oh, stop. And I'm just wondering what kind of third or fourth line player we'll draft when there's skilled offensive players out there. Okay, Grumpy. I got to stop. Exact, that is exactly what goes through my mind. Well, I guess we'll be we'll be hitting the draft pretty early this year. Stop, Grumpy old man. Uh, we do have our ad. I want to read here. It says, "Pigskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner." And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl Fifty Five, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with the fit or with fifty five million dollars in prizes up for grabs. 
All you all you need all you have to do in order to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will have a free instant prize up to twenty five thousand dollars. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of one million dollars. Download the app now and enter the free prediction challenge. Answer questions like who will score last and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has a payout of over $7 billion to its players since 2012 or since 2012. Um, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN now to enter for the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the and the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, I know the last thing we had was, you know, the $1. You could win $257 with McGregor, and he got his ass knocked out. So <laughs> I'll say one thing about MMA, right? I mean, once you lose a fight, you're pretty much finished. I mean, you know, everybody, Ronda Rousey, remember her? She was the girl who could have beat beat the death out of you. I know that. Oh, stop, Grump, stop. Yeah, she would have destroyed you. But then she loses that one fight, and they're done. I mean, it's like, you know, I guess some of the older guys were pretty good. I don't remember any of their names. I really don't follow MMA. Well, Chuck, Chuck Liddell, Brock Lesnar. The thing is, like, with MMA, though, Grump, and I know – we're not an MMA podcast, but once you kind of fall downhill and once you lose that first first match, man, it's, I mean, even Silva too, like you really start to tail off quick. It's not, it's a young man sport MMA. Without a doubt, you know, who couldn't, who couldn't do MMA? Anybody yeah. on the Islanders. They're all way too old to be an MMA uh, performer. You couldn't do MMA, grumpy old man. <laughs> I'm not stupid enough to do MMA. I pay, pay to watch you do some MMA, grumpy old man. I Grumpy old man in Lou Lamarillo in an MMA fight, Grumpy. That would that would put a big smile on my face. I'd be able to kick his ass. <laughs> Stop. I could beat any 80-year-old on the block. There's no 80-year-old going to beat me. I can tell you that much right now. Oh, grumpy old man. Um, I want to get back to it, though. Islanders. Man, oh, man. Struggling. Again, it's early yet in the season, right? Early yet in the season. So I'm trying to take everything with a grain of salt. Okay, that's fine. You can do that. We're over 10% into the season now. We're out of the playoffs, and we can't score any goals. Other than that, we're in great shape. Yeah, I understand it's a shortened season. And again, and the thing is, as I'm trying to take things with a grain of salt, I think it's also important to play devil's advocate, right? Because I look at it like this. We've played teams that are supposed to be at the bottom of the division. The Rangers, we thought maybe are you know a possible fringe playoff contender. But in the same token, that's a team in an ideal scenario that don't make the playoffs. The Islanders would make the playoffs at a third or fourth slot, perhaps. So, you know, we split with the Rangers. First game looked dominant. Then we go out and we lay a goose egg. And same exact same exact formula with the New Jersey Devils. Look dominant game one, goose egg the next game. And again, the Devils are a team that's definitely supposed to be at the bottom of the division. I just thought with all the injuries and the COVID protocol, that was really a game we needed at least a point out of against Washington. I don't know whether it's heartbreaking because we gave up a goal in the last-minute grumpy old man or if it's heartbreaking because of all the players they had out and we still couldn't muster a point. You're talking about Washington now. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I tell you, I, I, I mean, here's the thing. What I find interesting is – 
We come out the first game of the back-to-backs, because most of these are back-to-backs against the same team. And it seems like we do pretty well. And the second game, we get destroyed, which tells me that they, the other team was able to make some adjustments based on what they see the night before. And we don't have the talent to make it. I mean, we just play our style. And if you can make adjustments against us, and the main thing is we're going to go after Matt Barzell. Well, I want to cut in. I want to cut in and give you a little bit of credit. I think you're right, Grumpy. Remember, the Jersey, the New Jersey Devils head coach said right after they lost the first game and the Islanders looked dominant, they said, we need to be more cognizant and pay more attention of when Matt Barzal steps on the ice. That seems to be a recurring theme that we're hearing coaches continue to, to say the same exact things. <laughs> it's no secret. I mean, no one on the rest of the team has done anything with the exception of him. The whole offense is driven around Matt Barzal. If he doesn't play well, we don't, we don't play well. It's just that plain and simple. You saw Boston send two, three guys after him every time he touched the puck. You saw it the second game with uh, the Devils. And uh, last night, you saw a little bit of it, a little bit. I expect more tomorrow. But what did you see from Washington last night, right? They really punished our defensemen. Uh, they're a team that has really improved under Peter Laviolette. I'm going to tell you right. I didn't think Reardon was much of a coach, but Laviolette certainly is. And it was just interesting to see, even with all the guys out, my gosh, if they would have had all their players in there, I don't know how bad the score would have been. Uh, Here's the thing, Grump. I want to interject and give you the players who were out, just to go ahead and again to provide a little more context, right? On the COVID protocol or COVID tracing, the Washington Capitals were missing Alexander Ovechkin. Genny Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, and Samsonov. All four of those guys are important players, and they play an integral part. Just with those players who were out there with the COVID protocol, I think it consumed, or I think the players in total were like worth $27 million in cap space, something around that total. And then during the – oh, they also had Tom Wilson out due to injury. So, again, I think that was totaled up around $27 million in total cap space out for that game. That's significant. I mean, imagine us losing like a guy like Matt Barzal, you know, starting gold. I mean, <laughs> right? Varlamov. I mean, top four defensemen losing, you know, our best winger, whoever you want to go ahead and claim is the best winger. There's a lot of players we we would have been out with. And then during the game, right? They lose Lars Eller to injury and Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, I mean, and it think- was a tie game at this point. Yeah, think about it's it. It's just unfortunate. Just doesn't go our way. That's a game you really wanted to get a point out of. And again, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. I think it would be irrational, but I understand, right? We're 10% of the way into the season. Okay, think about it. The one thing that Washington had going for him is that Leo Komarov was on the Islanders, and that really helped them out last night. Can we talk about that too, grumpy old man? How the hell is Leo – how was Leo Komarov out there dressed last night? Because they like him. He's old. They like him. Lou Lamarillo signed him to a ridiculous long-term multi-million dollar deal. And they think he's fantastic. And, you know, he takes a charging penalty, right? Right. He take, And here's the thing. Honestly, I didn't think that that was a super charging penalty. I'll be honest with you. It was weak. I, I didn't think it should have been five minutes. Okay. He hit him from behind. It's the fact that he got hurt. That's what it was. But then, you know, you listen to uh, trots after the game. He's like, you know, he didn't regret having him out there after the penalty. He felt the penalty wasn't as bad from his angle. And, you know, Leo's been good for us late in games. I have a question for you. 
Could you imagine if we had any, any of our younger players, like Bellows or uh, Oliver Wallstrom or Matt Barzell back in the day or Michael Del Cole, you know, you know, guys who weren't firmly cemented as the old guard on this team. First of all, even if they would have been out there defending a tie in the final minute of the game, what do you think would have happened if they would have had that same mistake that Leo just let the guy skate into the slot right past them? What do you think? Do you think they'd even play the rest of the year? Or you think that'd be a scratch? It's my thing, Grump. I think you make a few good points, um, Grumpy old man. Oh, can you hear me, Grump? Yes, sir. Okay, gotcha. I think you make a few good points there. Um, again, like I, I thought it was a little bit of a. Uh, a harsh call to receive a five-minute major from that check into the boards. Again, I, you know, the game has changed a lot. The game's changed a lot in five, even ten years. I mean, hell, if you look back ten years ago, that's a clean hit. I'll be honest with you. Guy kind of looked like he was almost kitty-cornered, like alongside the boards. It wasn't. I didn't think it was brutal. I give, and he probably should have laid off a little bit. I mean, he's a veteran, right? Definitely should have probably laid off there a little bit. After he takes that that major, though. We kill it off miraculously. I was shocked we killed off that five-minute power play. And I'll be honest, the reason we killed off that five-minute power play because they don't have Evgeny Kuznetsov. They didn't have Tom Wilson. They didn't have Alexander Ovechkin. They didn't have Orloff. That's the reason we killed off that penalty. <laughs> and to, to think that, okay, as you know, the dying minutes, the weaning moments of the game are left. And he just doesn't mark his man. I mean, like, he's he's trailing. He's not, you know, up to step. He's not stride for stride with his guy who's back there covering and, you know, results directly into another goal. I'm just like, why is Leo Komarov on the ice, right? He's supposed to be this penalty kill guy. And the same token, we have so many players on our team that are that are forwards that play the penalty kill role. How many more penalty killers do we need on the team? That's true. Syndrome, I'm going to cut you off from your monologuing. I'm, I'm, I let you talk an inordinate amount of time and, you know, I'm just, your name is not going to be TJ. It's going to be Syndrome. And that's for anybody who's an Incredibles fan. That's the guy who was uh, – he was in The Incredibles. He's the bad guy in the first Incredibles movie. And, you know, he liked to monologue, often like TJ. The only, one get a cape. the only one who's allowed to monologue on this podcast is me, not you. Okay? Uh, that said, Leo, why is Leo Kamarov on the team? I mean, do we not have any better? I mean – why is Matt Martin on the team? Why are any of these old guys on the team? They just can't compete anymore. I mean, I'm going to tell you what. I have some observations from the last two games, which I'm going to get to today. Uh, Good. I want to get to Leo Komarov. We're talking about Leo Grump. I want to. I want to hear your explanation as to why Leo was dressed last night. I really can't think of one. Honestly, it's the penalty kill. That's really the only thing I could think. Of. And we see so many fans out there. Why is Ross Johnson being dressed? Why is that guy being dressed? Why the hell is Leo Komarov being dressed? Okay, here's the thing. Again, we don't have any top six players on this team. One. One, maybe two. That's it. Everybody else is a third and fourth liner, mostly fourth liners on this team. Ross Johnston, he's not a third-line player. And you know I like Ross Johnston. He's a fourth-line player. You guys have guys – your fourth line is bad. I mean, the greatest fourth line in hockey, right? How many years ago was that? Guess what? How old is Casey now? 29, 30? The other two guys are in their 30s. They're finished. They're absolutely finished. You listen to Trotz, we're going to shake things up. We're going to give other guys a chance. Really? Who do you have? There's no one on this team. Maybe Wallstrom. That's it. 
Who else do we have who you can legitimately say has a chance to be productive on this team? I can Maybe. name I, Grump. I can name two forwards. I can name Oliver Wallstrom, who has not received a fair shake at all so far. And I can also think maybe Anna Koivla can roll into the role, can fit into the role. And, and Grump, to also play a little bit off of what you're talking about, think about how Jean Gabriel Pajot has to feel. I know he plays a lot of the special teams roles too, so he gets some power play time. But man, oh man, as a third line center, I think Bellows, you know, I think he can grow into a good player. But again, you're being paired up with Ross Johnston and Leo Komarov. I mean, Komarov is finished. He was finished. Last year, he was a borderline player his first year there. Why we gave him a four-year deal beyond my comprehension. We spoke about it. Like I said, we hand out long-term deals to, you know, retirement uh, guys who live in retirement homes all the time on this team. So Lou has somebody to play pinochle with, I guess, when their playing careers are over. But, I mean, Leo Komarov should never see the ice. Absolutely never. I mean, you want to rip on Ross Johnston. I'm going to tell you what. They've neutered Ross Johnston's his his job his game is hitting people, skating up and down the ice, being a physical presence and hitting people. He's not. They want to keep on changing what people do best to fit into the scheme. You know what? Go with the talent you have and adjust your scheme accordingly. I know we have to do that because we have no talent up front. I understand, but it probably means we're not going to make playoffs this year. Oh, stop. okay, Grump. See, like when people make comments like that, I, I don't. I mean, you're jumping. We're jumping. You're jumping off the ship already, Grumpy old man. We're ten percent of the way through the season. All right, this is this is my time to come in and say, let's pump the brakes a little bit here, Grumpy old man. It's the same exact thing where if we start off the season seven and zero, people would say, yeah, we're winning the Stanley Cup. It's time to say let's pump the brakes a little bit because there are always ebbs and flows in the season. I will tell you one thing, though. We definitely have a dearth of scoring ability on this team. We need to address that. The only things we could do internally to do that, maybe give the Oliver Wallstrom a chance. I'm like, I don't need to see any more of Michael Del Cole and Leo Komarov. We have so many guys who play the bottom six role that kill penalties. We do not need Leo Komarov in the lineup to kill penalties. I'm sorry. Well, here's the thing. You're preaching what I've been saying forever. And I just remember the quote two off-seasons ago from Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz. We know we need to add more scoring. We definitely need to do that. Have they done anything to, to get more scoring? No. I mean, you're expecting new results with the same cast of characters. Just not going to happen. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Josh Bailey still won't take a shot. He's in the slot, and he just won't take a shot. He refuses. I hate Josh Bailey. sucks. <laughs> He's absolutely miserable out there. I've never, I, I've never seen a guy get paid so much money and do so little. The whole second line is a disaster. Croc Nelson, right? Unless he's unless he's out there on the power on the power play unit with somebody else feeding him the puck, he doesn't create anything. Anthony Bavillier, now that he's hurt, I mean, think about it. He was the driver of that line. He didn't come out. He hasn't come out playing well to begin this season, and that line has suffered. You want to know how many points they have? Five on five as a unit, freaking zero in six games. Zero. That's your number two line. Zero. I got. I got to interrupt, grumpy old man. I understand with the Josh Bailey, and I, the thing is, like, you get on a roll. I don't want to stop you. People love when the grumpy old man gets grumpy. I'll tell you this though, grumpy old man. Josh Osang, 
hasn't put up great numbers, and it fuels all of the haters so much. And I'll tell you, we, we talked about it with Mikey not too long ago. I think it was last week, almost a week ago. When Josh Bailey does well, you get that one side who's saying Josh Bailey is an elite winger, he's XYZ, and when he doesn't do well and he's having a little bit of a scoring drought and he doesn't put up the points, this is where the grumpy old man comes in. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you what. For anyone who says that Josh Bailey is an elite winger ever, time to put the crack pipe down, all right? I'm just saying you have a problem because he's never an elite winger, absolutely ever. You mentioned Josh Hosang before. Maybe it was a Freudian slip. That's someone who could help our team, but we dumped him overseas. I'm sorry. I meant Josh Bailey. If I said Josh Hosang, I meant Josh Bailey. I mean, to me, Josh Hosang could have been somebody who could have helped us in a current conundrum. I don't have an issue with Josh Hosang being overseas. I really don't. I mean, come on. Bridgeport is playing against two opponents all year and playing 24 games. I'm sorry. He needs to see a little bit more than just continually rolling up against the same team, essentially like in a scrimmage format. It's unfortunate. I I don't want to talk about Josh Jose. Grumpy, I don't want to talk about Josh Jose. Well, you brought him up. Okay, but who are you going to bring in? Who are you going to bring in? Uh, okay, we're going to shake things up. Who are you going to bring in? Who do you have who you can move up? Maybe Oliver Wallstrom, but they're not going to be happy with him because he doesn't play enough defense. So you're talking about Thomas Shows. Uh, Timisov, grumpy old man. Timisov, hold on, here are the guys. Timisov, Sarnak. Those are the two guys I think they're talking about of shaking things up. They've already shook things up with Michael Del Coles and Leo Komarovs, who are the few other guys that haven't gotten their chance yet. Dimitri, Dimitro Timisov, uh, Sarnak, and then Oliver Wallstrom. Maybe Koivala? I mean, like, there's only a handful of guys that he can be implying when he says shake things up. Either that or he means that we're just going to mix the lines up. Okay. Uh, okay, great. Uh, so you're trying to make chicken sa chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? Is that what you're trying to do? Because that's what it is. You, It's like rearranging the, the, the chairs on the Titanic. It doesn't matter what you do. We have not improved the team in three years. They've done nothing to address – the still glaring weakness of our inability to score goals. If you can't score, if you don't even score two goals a game, you're not making the playoffs. You're, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's a struggle to score a goal. Matt, uh, okay, you want to know? I want to give a positive because I've been super negative so far. Matt Barzal is absolutely spectacular. It's almost worth the price of admission just to watch him get on the ice. I mean, it's like he skates. If he had anyone to play with, you got average – on one side, and you got uh, Jordan Everly. At least he, tr at least Everly tries. Average just sucks. He's below average. Anders Lee. That's what he is now. He was captain average. Then he went to average. Now he's below average. So okay. grumpy. I just want to go ahead and look at this. So he was captain average about a week ago. He was scoring goals, doing well. He slips a little bit there, a game or two. Then he gets back demoted back down to average Anders, and now he's below average. Grumpy old man. I'll tell you one thing. It's not his fault, the reason. It's it's a multitude of reasons, Grump. It really is. Okay. I, I'll tell you one thing, too. I know we like to roll four lines, but man, oh, man, the fourth line's not going to score any goals. We're not scoring any goals. That's what everyone was saying, right? The $6 million man, that's why he got a four-year extension, right? The $6 million man, Matt Martin, he got that extension because, hey, you know, maybe he could take those five goals he scored in the playoffs, even though he hasn't scored five goals combined over the last 15 years. He scored five in the playoffs. Maybe he's going to bring that to them. No, he's going to regress because he's 32 years old and he play, and he used to play a physical game. He, they just can't do it anymore. They're older players who've played a physical game their whole careers. They don't last. 
they don't last. I mean, now you have a, now your fourth line is a liability. Your third line has one guy on it. Your second line is a zero, and then you got Matt Barzal on the first line. We're like a one or two person team. On the plus side, Noah Dobson gets better every game. Every single game, he gets better. He's a, he he and Matt Barzal are the future of this team. Everybody else is garbage. Oh, stop. Okay, I won't go that far, grumpy old man. I will tell you one thing, though. You do make an astute point. Matt Barzal has looked fantastic at points so far this season. I think we've seen the – I mean, obviously, he got gifted that goal by Zidane Chara just recently against the Capitals. But, again, I think he's created a lot of opportunities and chances. His shot's been on point so far this season. And Noah Dobson, man, oh, man, has he looked like he's been everything that he was advertised to be. And I'll tell you one thing, guys. I know he had one bad game against the Rangers, but you haven't seen him make a lot of mistakes yet. He has looked fantastic. And you know what? I want to play devil's advocate. You like Johnny. I like Johnny. He was a warrior for this team. I'm I'm willing to concede that Noah Dobson improved this offseason. And he also improved there because he had time with the bubble and he had you know extended time with the team. But why the hell is Noah Dobson not receiving more time over Johnny Boychuk, Crumpy. That's the big question. Really? Is that really a question? Why do you think? They don't want to play any young players on this team. They don't. They won't sign them. They won't trade for them unless, like, they're collecting Social Security. Then, hey, let's give them four or five-year deals. I mean, it, they they don't want to trust the young players. How do the young? How do you get to be a trusted veteran? You have to play. Okay, we get rid of young players like Devontae's, but we pe- but we keep guys like Nick Letty, or we re-sign guys like Matt Martin. Why? I mean, it's it's beyond my comprehension. The six million dollar man, you can't even use him for parts anymore. I'm sorry, <laughs> Grump. Sometimes I like giving you questions. I know you're going to explode on just because I like to see the reaction. Well, I mean, I, it's just frustrating to watch, and you know, I know this Saturday. We're gonna be. You think I'm? Expl- wait till wait till Saturday after we get absolutely the doors blown off us by the Flyers of all teams. Those freaking Flyers, right? I mean, you think I'm angry now? Just wait till I gotta watch that crap and then get on here. I was about to say, Grumpy. That's right. We've got the live stream on Saturday evening post game. People are asking for it. Oh my gosh! I. <laughs> It's it just it's just so frustrating. Honestly, it's just frustrating. I mean, I'm trying. You know what I think? I'm wearing the old fisherman jersey today because we were really bad back then, right? We were a bad team back then. Now, we're kind of right there now. Now here's the thing: do we play a good? Do we play a good physical uh, structure? Yes, we do defensive structure. We absolutely do. But you know what? You got to score to win games, and it's not it's not the players. It's the management. It's Lou Lamarillo in particular, Fossil. Go out there and get somebody. Go do anything. Get someone who can put the puck in the net. Easier said than done. And again, like this is all a self-fulfilling prophecy to a certain extent. We're in cap trouble and we're up against the cap because of Lou Lamarillo. So again, like when people say, oh, we can't do anything because of the cap. Again, like I always try to take the approach of we're in the situation we're in. Now we need to look at what possible avenues there are to get out of the situation. But in the same token, I think it's also – I think it's apt, grumpy old man, by you also to say, hey, you know what I mean? We're in this situation because Lou created this situation. Exactly. I mean, that, that's – you sign you th- sign guys who are in their 30s to five, six, seven-year deals. 
I mean, it's just stupid. It's just, it's moronic. It's submoronic, honestly. I mean, you know, you there are salary. You sign a guy who's 32 years old, a fourth winger on the way out, and you give him a four-year contract for $1.5 million. That's Matt Martin, a.k.a. the $6 million man. I mean, you know, I mean, please, he doesn't even play. He doesn't play regular shift anymore. He just signed a four-year extension. He can't even get a regular shift on the fourth line. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. Fourth line, can't even get a regular shift. And you're looking at guys, Ross Johnson, he said, Ross Johnson plays, what, seven and a half, eight, min eight minutes a game? Keeper Bellows, eight, eight and a half minutes a game? I mean, how much do you expect them to contribute? <laughs> I'm going to tell you one thing. You got your pal Bailey out there getting, what, 15, 18 minutes a day to just skate around in circles and not shoot the puck. He thinks he's in the freaking ice capades, this guy. I'm expecting him to go for the Winter Olympics as a damn figure skater. I'll tell you one thing. I feel like it's a disservice, not to mention all the people who are listening to the podcast. I'll tell you one thing. Even if you don't like watching YouTube videos or anything, you've got to watch at least that little clip or segment where the grumpy old man was going off. I I can't help but just smile and laugh when you're doing it. I'm trying to focus on what you're saying, grumpy old man, but the vitriol you have in your voice and the reaction, I mean, it's it's the price of admission. Well, but I mean, but I'm, I'm not wrong. The whole thing is I'm not wrong. That's what drives me crazy. And here's the thing. I'm not a general manager. I'm not getting paid. I don't know how much Lou Lamarole gets paid, but if it's more than 50 cents on the dollar – uh, he's overpaid, all right? I can see it. Anyone can see it. How does he not see it? How did he not see this coming in the offseason? How did he not see it coming two years ago? I certainly did. I've been talking about it for three years, and we do nothing to change it. I mean, and you got Trotz, who continually defends the old veterans. Continually. I'm going to defend them to the hilt. Let, a, let, a, let one young guy make a mistake. Holy crap. The sky's falling. You know, the earth's going to tilt off of its axis. Leo Komarov can't skate back. Why is he out there in the last minute of the game? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. You have to you have to really suspend any type of realistic understanding of the game and just, just suspend total disbelief to see why that guy would be out there. If you're looking at a movie, unless you're trying to lose, you wouldn't put him on the ice. You didn't see books putting uh, – Leo Komarov on the ice in the last minute of the when they beat the United States when the United States beat the Russia. last minute the last minute of the semifinal game against the USSR in right in miracle you wouldn't see Leo Komarov out there then not even in a movie you wouldn't see it <sighs> grumpy old man uh, now I have not been showing any comments I, I will start doing this again sorry grump I just felt like you had to get some steam out and this is the craziest thing is I'm really worried because this is I mean, I'll tell you you have to come away with a win. Uh, you know, if you came away with one point, that's fine. Maybe you could go ahead and lose in overtime again there to the Capitals. You have to come away with a win against the Capitals. They still have all these guys who are injured, and then that concussion or the uh, the COVID protocol and the COVID the COVID tracing. They're they are a diminished team, and that's the thing I'm trying to also say. Right, we've played two teams. We've played four of the teams we've played against are teams that are kind of supposed to be at the bottom of the division. The Rangers twice and the Devils twice. And you played a Capitals team who is diminished significantly. I mean, if this is a Capitals team that was playing throughout the entire of the season, exactly the way they're composed now, they would be a team at the bottom of the division also. And we have not had as favorable results as we would like. We're two and three in that in that time period. I mean, we're three and three total, but not great. No, no, we're at the bottom of the division. Nobody else but us. 
And you know who has the least amount of goals in the NHL this year? There's only one team below us, the Carolina Hurricanes. They've only played three games, and they're two games behind us. I'm going to say in the next three games, they're probably going to score more than two goals. I'm just going to say. They're averaging three a game. We average less than two. I mean, it's just frustrating. And then you listen to Trotz. He's like, you know, we need to be out there playing a playoff-style game. Hold on, Barry Trotz. So you're saying that we have to play, in essence, 56 games with playoff intensity? I mean, you know what, something? We're probably the oldest team in the league, if not the oldest, right there at the oldest, and going out there every single night, and you expect these guys playing that style to be able to play to that intensity every night? You're dreaming. You're absolutely dreaming. It's not going to happen. And here's another negative. Boston is shock, shook off their uh, early season doldrums, and they're rolling right now. So I thought, eh, you know what, maybe Boston's going to struggle until Pasternak gets back. Mm -mm. And you know what? They lost Chara and Krug, and they're, I think, third in the league in defense. So they haven't lost anything. I mean, they're a good coach, good general manager. We're in trouble. I think it's also worth saying here, it's unfortunate, too, with Sorokin. I mean, he got he got his second NHL start, second career NHL start against the New Jersey Devils. And, again, I don't think he had a bad game. I, I know some of the things we had noticed, you know, thinking long-term, he needs to work a little bit on rebound control for certain. Um, and I, see, I think as he gets more comfortable, that's hopefully something that's going to come. But that's one of those items now that, okay, we're starting to get to see him a little bit more often. Rebound control is something he needs to work on. Also, um, they mentioned it in the broadcast too, grumpy old man. Uh, he kind of plays the puck when it's going to be icing, like long-term. I mean, like, again, that's one of those things where as you get more comfortable, that shouldn't be an issue. But he plays a lot of pucks that are supposed to be icings and can get your team a change. So that's one of those things where it's like, all right, he needs he'll start picking up all those. But certain things we start to notice. Well, you know, the company Gadfly, uh, Butch Goring, can't he can't wait to rip the younger players. You know that's coming from management. You know it is. I mean, I didn't think Sorokin played poorly against Hold the Devils. Grump, who is Sorokin? I only know a Sororkin. Yeah, Sororkin. You know, I'll get to that. Too. I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving Butch a hard time. Yeah, well, you know, because Butch did acknowledge that, uh, you know, they were talking because they actually did an interview with Sorokin after that game, and you know, he knows quite a bit of English, and you know, uh, he asked Shannon if he wanted to do it in Russian or English, and uh, she said, "Oh, hey, do it in English because I wouldn't understand what you're saying uh, if you if you speak in Russian." And Butch goes, "You know, if you listen to people on Twitter." They don't think I can speak English, and he's a hundred percent right there. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you one thing: I love Butch. He's an absolute legend. He knows he butchers names, and he openly admits it. There's something about that where, like, okay, you're admitting it, man. I love it. Yeah, but I, I seriously, I firmly believe that he gets his mark, marching orders from the coaching staff or from somebody because you never hear him rip the older players. He follows that company line, but let a young guy make a mistake, man. He's hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. And I said, everyone on that team makes mistakes. I want you to get out there and say that, you know what, Matt Martin can't skate a shift anymore, and we gave him $6 million. Or Leo Komarov, you know what, he skates. You know what, you know what he looked like last year in the playoffs? You remember in uh, Star Wars when Luke Skywalker wore that hat and he was – you know, doing like this, trying to fight off when he would learn that. He was, he was using the force. He was using the force to deflect the lightsaber, like the bullets being shot at him or the little laser beams being shot at him. 
Right. And he was blinded like this, so he couldn't see. Right. And you know what? The whole thing was that's the way he plays because he don't know what the hell, where anybody's going. He can't follow anybody. I watched him from center ice and I'm like, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. He was up with the guy and the guy, he started slowing up and that guy just took off. He gets the shot. Bingo, bango. We lose. I thought Varlamov was, was played extremely well last night. That said, the first goal is one he wants to have back. That was a bad rebound he gave up. He should have caught that puck and should have ended on that power play. He mishandled it, uh, and it kicked right out to Carlson. And you know what? Carlson, he's a defenseman. He snuck up. Boy, he's able to put that puck in the net. One of our guys, like below average, or below average would have missed the net. Bailey would have passed from there. Well, in reality, it would have been Ryan Pulak in your scenario, but he also would have missed the net. Maybe put a like a hundred and fifteen mile an hour slap shot that would have been put up in the stanchions. Another thing, Ryan Pulak cannot play that spot. What does it tell you? What does it tell you when your trigger man is a defenseman who can't put the puck on net? What does it tell you? You got the wrong guy. You don't have the talent to succeed. That's what it tells me. I mean, Noah Dobson puts the puck on net. I mean, yesterday. The second power play unit was a little bit quicker with their distribution of the puck. But do you notice that teams just lay off Josh Bailey? They just lay off him because they know he's not going to shoot. He just he refuses. I don't know if he only has, you know, okay, I only have 10 more shots the rest of my career, so I'm not going to use them now. But, I mean, it's so slow and ponderous. They were a little bit better last night. But look at the pace when Dobson's at the point. It's so much better. If we could get ourselves a sniper, oh, how about like a Patrick Lyon he got traded, right? Right? We gave away Devontae, just gave him away. And maybe we could – and what did they need? I, it's so interesting. I would, read Elliot Friedman's column today. And Winnipeg, what did they want? Defensemen. They wanted defensemen. You're trying to tell me you couldn't have moved Devontae's and any – one of our other defensemen? Why not Nick Letty and Devontae's if you want to? He's a waste. Give them two defensemen for Lyon because that's what we need. We need a trigger man. Somebody can put the puck in the net. Grump, well, I'm glad I get a chance to speak because I'm about to say, you need to go ahead and catch catch that breath, I'll tell you. Uh, we have a few comments, Grumpy old man. I know I hadn't been reading them there earlier, but we're going to start here. And again, uh, Brian John saying here, Grumpy, would you send Bailey and Average Anders to Seattle? Obviously, joking around, maybe being a little facetious. Grumpy old man. Um, I'm, I'm, sure absolutely, I'm absolutely uh, exposing both of those guys. Absolutely. You want to know how you get out of salary cap trouble? You expose players like that. They do have, well, I don't know about Bailey, but, you know, at, below average Anders does have uh, a leadership ability. I would definitely expose him and hope that they take him. I Go ahead, TJ. I'm sorry. I'm so, I was about to say, with, with Anders Lee, I know you, you give him a little bit of junk, grumpy old man. It's part of the stick. In the same token, again, I thought he's he's played much better this season than he did last year. I thought last year was abysmal. Last year, he was losing the fights down low on a consistent basis. He wasn't really winning a lot of the you know the battles there for screening the goalie. I thought he did a miserable job. And the thing is, again, it's the little things, right? He did go ahead and help screen the goalie on that shot by Dobson, right? I, those little things help. Even though it's unseen, he doesn't get the deflection. He doesn't get an assist or anything like that. He plays a part and a role in that goal. But I'll tell you one thing. Dobson having that mindset of throw the puck towards a net where maybe it can get deflected or anything like that, that mindset is exactly what we need all of our all of our, all of our men on the power play to have. Shoot the puck, right? We go against the Devils. First six minutes, we don't even get a shot on goal. We don't even take a shot. 
I mean, how are you going to win games if you won't even shoot? I mean, that's why Josh Bailey, elite winger Josh Bailey, right, the king of the secondary assists. You know what? His steadfast refusal to shoot the puck, just it just astounds me. I don't understand it. Shoot the freaking puck. He was in the slot. Even A.J., with the hair sticking out all over the place, Malesko said, boy, I really like to see Josh Bailey shoot that shot. Yeah, the one where he's five foot from the goalie and he still passes out? Shoot the freaking puck, Bailey. <laughs> if you're wondering what this Saturday uh, post game is going to look like, I'm sure it's going to look kind of sort of similar to this, what we're seeing right now, except a little bit more fiery if I had to guess. Um, at Grumpy, and I'll tell you one thing. This is a comment here, and I think this is important. When we're talking about the fan base, we're talking about the Islanders. We got a comment here from Scott saying, after they lost to Caroline in the playoffs, Trot said on the TV interview, and so did Lou Lamarillo, if I remember correctly, that they needed more scoring. And Lou did nothing that offseason. and continues to do nothing. It's very frustrating. And that's the thing, right? It's frustrating. We're not seeing the scoring come in. And they know and they acknowledge that's the issue. We all, as Islander fans, management, doesn't matter. They all agree that scoring and the lack of the ability to score is the issue. It's about how do we get to solving that issue, right? As much as we'd like to say, you know, we could trust any young guys, they really don't get the chance. Even if they do have the ability and more offensive acumen, they don't really get the chance. And for these guys, you know, people complained about the cap space issues. Majority of these are all self-inflicted issues. You talked about Anders Lee, if you would expose him. I'll tell you one thing. Anders Lee's played better this year. I am petrified of what that contract is going to look like for Anders Lee later on in the last three or four years of that contract. I am petrified to see. I mean, he's not a guy who's fleet of foot. He struggles skating. It's not a strong part of his game. And as you get older, you don't win all the physical battles you used to. That is going to be a contract that is going to be toxic the last three to two years in his contract. Awful. It's going to be bad. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if you've listened, to, if anyone's listened to these podcasts in the past, I can tell you exactly what that contract is going to look like. It's going to look like Andrew Ladd 2.0. It's not, it's no, it's not a mistake that they both have the same AL. It's not a mistake. You just traded one crappy contract for another one, and you double down on a guy who's going to be 36 years old. I mean, he can't even skate now. He, I, and, all right, for whatever leadership abilities, I don't care. Was there anybody out there offering Anders Lee a seven-year deal at seven million par? Well, the I'm thing is, so. the thing is, Grumpy too. I'm thinking about definitely not that term. Seven years, and it, and this is the big thing about it. People complain about we don't have the cap. That's right, we don't have the cap right now. We don't. I mean, like in 2022, you know, we have a few guys that come off the books and maybe long-term injury there with Ladd early. Who the heck knows? And maybe Clutterbuck. Who knows? In the same token, though, all of these issues we are seeing with Cap are mostly self-inflicted. Besides a handful of contracts that were toxic assets that were inherited by Lou Lamarillo, he's done his fair share of damage also, right? I, I'm willing to give partial part of the blame there to Gar Snow. But guess what? Lou's been here now for three seasons. This is his third year. You know what? He bears a little bit of the blame, too. A, a little bit. A little bit. Okay, he doesn't okay. He doesn't he doesn't bear the blame for the Andrew Ladd. He before Boychuk was out, he didn't bear the blame for the Johnny Boychuk contract, but he bears the blame for a few contracts that are gonna be really bad. You know what he should have done? I come in here and I'm cleaning house, I'm moving out the garbage. I'm moving out the Andrew Lads. I'm moving out the Nick Lettys. I'm moving out the, the Johnny Boychucks. 
because you know what? You should have known that you were going to have diminishing returns from those for those players. I don't care if you got a bag of pucks for them. You clear them off your salary cap, and then you put somebody new in there. Defensively, we're set. Well, I think we have a nice enough young defenseman in the pipeline where we can replace some of those guys. We have nothing in the forward department. Absolutely nothing. And then you get a first-round pick. You got McMichael, Tomasino, Kalia, and you go and draft Casper, the freaking friendly ghost from Sweden, another ham and egger. He's Josh Bailey 2.0, another guy, the king of the secondary assistant Sweden. He sucks too. I never seen, I've never been so underwhelmed by a prospect of watching that kid play. He sucks. He's never going to pan out. I'm telling you right now. For never. everyone, for, and then for everyone. And then the third round, right? If you're going to take a flyer on somebody, why don't you take a flyer on a freaking grinder? Well, the whole team is grinders. Take a risk on somebody who maybe has the ability to shoot. I'm going to say it again. Mike Bossy couldn't have played on this team. Mario Lemieux couldn't have played on this team. And Wayne Gretzky never could have played on this team because they would have had to subjugate their natural scoring talents and to learn how to play defense. Sorry. We're not going take, anywhere like that. Take a breath, Grumpy. I will no. say this. I will say this. For everybody at the at home who has their scorecard, will grumpy old man bring up Connor McMichael again? For sure, you can go ahead and cover that spot. He most certainly has. Um, <laughs> grumpy old man, I'll tell you, you always are the same. It. Who can you can you name one prospect you could say, man, I can't wait to see that guy play. Well, I'm I, seeing him. I, I'm well. There were a few guys. I'm seeing them play now, though. I was excited to see Sorokin. I still am excited to see Sorokin play and grow. I'm excited to see Noah Dobson. I'm excited to see him still play and grow. I'll tell you one thing. We saw flashes there by Kiefer Bellows too in that Washington game. I'll tell you, I was a nice little deep move. He didn't go ahead and execute and score. But again, I like seeing those type of moves. If we have players that can make moves like that, they just don't do them all that often, use them all that often. I will tell you one thing. Kiefer Bellows gets slid into that role there as a number two, you know, on the second line because of the injury, obviously, to Bavillier. It's going to be interesting to see going forward what how that exactly is going to play out because you're right. We talk about we lost Anthony Bavillier. That's a that's a even though he hadn't performed so far this year, that's that's a pretty big loss. Yeah. A grumpy old man for especially for the way our team plays. Yeah, and for the for the the role that they're gonna give, you know, the player, the successor of the Anthony Bavillier role. Right. But you talk about, you know, uh JG Pajot should be pissed off because look who he's skating with. Look who Keeper Bellows is stuck skating with. Croc and the king of the secondary assist. Talk about two losers. I mean, I can't think of anybody worse. And you know what? Zero points in six games playing together as a line. Zero. The second line is put up. Zero points. Zero. Zero. You figure they'd get lucky and get a goal. No, they can't. Well, again, you say zero points. It's zero points as an entire line together there at even strength. And I'll tell you, yeah, I do feel bad for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. You're seeing a lot of Islander fans kind of echoing that too. Feel bad for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. He's a likable guy. He does everything you want him to do. Um, he's a blood and guts type guy. And it's unfortunate that he's getting paired up there with the Comrades in the Ross Johnson. Do you know what I? You know what I predict, Grumpy Old Man? Our lineup because yeah, we're recording this here. The live stream is on Wednesday. Uh, it'll be released here on Thursday. But the Islanders play the Washington Capitals here on Thursday. I really think, Grumpy Old Man, we're going to see Michael Del Cole back in the lineup. And I don't know who the other is going to be. I think Michael Del Cole will play for Ross Johnson. And I don't know who is going to play over Leo Komarov. But I think Leo is going to sit out this next game. Okay, I jotted something down because I was so underwhelmed by Michael Del Cole. He played 10 minutes and 49 seconds. He had 
no hits, no blocks, no takeaways, and no giveaways. He's an empty stat sheet, that guy. He just, you know, he's just skating around. He's just floating around on the ice for however minutes he gets. He does nothing. He does absolutely nothing. He's a waste. If you're gonna, you want to shake the lineup, you bring Oliver Wallstrom in, put him as the first wing, uh, the first line left wing. Move average down, below average down. Give that kid a chance as a sniper to play with Matt Barzell. Because I'm sick and tired of watching him do everything himself out there, and everybody just stand around and watch. And you talk about Anders Lee, he does not get in front of the net anymore. Yes, he uh, kind of, he kind of was, he, but he's way up front. Pajot's the only guy who gets right in front of the goalie now. He's further up the ice, Anders Lee is now. And, of course, he missed another point-blank chance yesterday, too. He's, like I said, he's just below average. $7 million, though. He's the $7 million man. We got the $6 million man, the $7 million man. We got Uncle Leo, who got a retirement plan and a home in Boca Raton when it's all over, I guess. He's got, what, this year and another year left on his ridiculous contract. Everly is going to be 35 years old. I mean, like I said, you talk about how you get in salary cap trouble. That's how you do it. You sign guys who are over 30 years old to four, five, and six, and seven-year deals. That's how you get in trouble. We've always said this. I'm going to go ahead and backtrack, Grump. I'll let you get your breath here because you need it. Um, you're going on these rants today, Grumpy, and I know people like it. Um, I will tell you one thing. Again, we've always said this since the get-go. The best thing Lou Lamarillo did was bring over Barry Trotz and bring legitimacy to the Islanders. And again, I, you can't under you can't undervalue how important that is because without bringing legitimacy back to the Islanders, shit, who who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what would have happened there with Sorokin? And again, his move, you know, with Varlamov, he also brought Sorokin over too. So he's made a few moves. Again, he's he's made a lot of nothing, and he sat on his hands. He hasn't made the moves to help address the offensive need we have. And that's the biggest issue I think people have. Uh, grumpy old man. we got a few comments here I, go, I do want to go ahead and show there. Uh, Brian says, the third oldest roster in the league and a regime that hates playing the youth were screwed in a couple years. Um, third oldest team in the league. I knew we were old, grumpy. I wasn't sure with Bellows now playing in Dobson how that was affected. Again, we're, I, I guarantee we are definitely one of the oldest teams in the league. And if this is true here, we're the third oldest team in the league. A grumpy old man. Also, a comment here from Jeff. He said, same old, same old last night. The only difference is we lost to what amounted to be an AHL team with all the people out, um, especially by the game's end. The power play was awful. Bailey should have been benched to wake up the team. At minimum, he should not be on the power play. I'll tell you, I think he's right. I mean, like if you're talking about wanting to wake up some of these players, competition always drives people. It does. Here's the thing. They are sacred cows on this team. They can do no wrong as far as the coach thinks. Now, I'm going to tell you what. Nick Letty got benched against the Devils. He got benched in the second period. They even asked him after the game, are you okay? Oh, yeah, everything's fine. He was benched because of his crappy play. Casey Zizekas was benched. Okay? These are trust the trusted guys who got benched. It wasn't really? that bad enough. It is good. But you know something? We don't have anyone who we can put in for them because we plan so poorly that we don't have anyone to fill in. I mean, what was his name? Timoshov? Timoshov. Whatever. Give him a shot. I mean, bring in Zarnak. Give him a shot. I mean, it can't be any worse than we're seeing. We're, I mean, half the time we're just sleepwalking through. And I'm going to tell you what. One thing you should learn, what did, the, what did Washington do last night to our defense? What's the key to our team, right, is our defense, playing a defensive system and clearing the puck out. They were running Pellet all night long. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see teams running our defensemen because you take our defense away, 
we're finished. And you saw it. Pelic in particular was getting run all night long. Dobson can't be elevated to that second unit fast enough for me. I also did forget here. I do want to add this. I omitted it. Uh, we did get in the comments here. I just saw this one here. Jean Gabriel Pajot was also another great deal. So yeah, if we're looking, if we're looking at Lou Lamarillo, yeah. So I guess he did go ahead and adjust a little bit of the offensive need again. Gabriel Pejot, Jean Gabriel Pejot hasn't scored a lot yet with us. I I really don't blame him with the line mates he's been saddled with. Uh, but again, like. I, <sighs> but here's the thing, JG, and you know, I, I love that deal. You remember, I love that deal. I, I think uh, JG Pajot is fantastic. He's a third line player. That's what he is. He's a third line player and a really good third line player. We don't need more third line players. We need first line players, second line players. Well, that we that's that's another point which confused the hell out of me with the Leo Komarov, bringing Leo Komarov back up. Look at how many guys on our team play on the penalty kill. And you see it, right? Oh, he's good on the penalty kill. I see that. I'm just like, I'm sorry. That's so lazy in my opinion. I'm like, look at how many guys on our team are forwards that play the penalty kill, grumpy old man. And again, this is even with uh, Anthony Pavilia out. Anders Lee occasionally plays the penalty kill. Matt Martin plays the penalty kill. Casey Zizekas plays the penalty kill. Jean Gabriel Pajot plays the penalty kill. Uh, Josh Bailey plays the penalty kill. Brock Nelson can play the penalty kill. You have so many guys that could fit into the role and play the penalty kill. Again, that might not be ideal, but are you trying to tell me that I need to structure you know, who we are bringing and integrating in the lineup just to add a guy who literally has one purpose is to play the penalty kill? And ironically enough, he spends five minutes in the penalty box and doesn't actually – the first power play the Washington Capitals had, he didn't even touch the ice because they scored so quickly. So I don't think he played any penalty kill minutes last night is the odd thing. It just, it just – it's mind-boggling how they continue to just play these old guys. We're not going to win. I keep on telling you. I remember you asked me a question. Uh, earlier in the offseason, you asked me, who has the most to prove on this team? And I said, it doesn't matter. I who said, has the most, yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't understand what you said. Who has the most what? Most to prove on this team to get elevated to play. And I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they're going to play the same guys anyway. And that has certainly come to fruition. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he says we're going to be a whole lot of changes. I'm dying to see what they are. The Wallstrom kid absolutely must play. And they, you know what? I don't want to see him on the third line. I want to see him on the first line. That's what I want to do. I want to see him with someone who could create. Here's here's my thing, too. I don't think if you brought a Wallstrom in and said, guess what, XYZ, and again, it could be a list of different players. I don't think you've performed well enough here in the top six roles so far. You're getting demoted to a bottom six role. And guess what? You're going to play the bottom six minutes. I'm not demoting you to a bottom six role, and by the end of the first period, it's happy-go-lucky. I just switch you back into the same exact role just to, you know, a little tap on the wrist to teach you a lesson. No, again, like it's continued. It's an issue. And again, like we need the competition. Those players in the top six role haven't been performing. And I, I don't know, like we're not scoring enough goals. And that's, that's been the biggest issue for a long time. We haven't really done much to address it. If you feel like the team has what it takes to score the goals, which Barry Trotz does think he has, the option is to send a message. How do you send a message to your team at that point? You have to go ahead and show these guys who think that they are X, Y, Z, and they have this role in the team that, guess what? This is a professional sports. This is a business. If you're not producing, then you're just as worthless as somebody else who isn't producing. And we'll show you that very quickly. Again, like some coaches have no problem at all benching players that are you know deemed as higher quality players. No problem at all. Uh, Barry Trotz is more of a veteran coach, and he's a very well-respected coach. I will be interested to see, though, what he does. 
Well, like I said, it was always it always burned my bottom when they bench Matt Barzell. Can you remember last year when he took that penalty against Buffalo in the last couple of minutes? He said, "Oh, it's so selfish." You it know, was it was the penalty he hit Rasmus Dahlin. He hit him a little high. I thought it was a borderline call. I remember this exactly what you're talking about. And yes, grumpy old man. It was towards the end of the game. They had been going back and forth all game. The referee had let it go all game long and just happened to call a retaliatory call against Matt Barzal. Now that we have the context, I'll let you go with Grump. And it didn't, and he did they did we didn't even get scored on, but he ripped Barzal. He benched him and then he ripped him after the game, saying that, you know, he needs to do this. He, there are so many of these vets who do the same things and a lot worse who have only an astro speck of the uh, ability that Matt Barzell has. You can't be uh, – I'm just not a believer in pissing off your best player. And he's the best player on this team, I mean by a freaking long shot. You could probably add up average, croc, king of the secondary assist, and there's still only a third of the players he is all by himself. Pump the brakes, Grump. This is my I, – I wish – I need to create a little tiny button where I could just click it and says, pump the brakes, Grumpy old man. I'll tell you, pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, we got a comment here from Bruce. He says, you got to – this is talking about the power play. You got to shoot on the power play. Bottom line, holding onto the puck too much, passing doesn't get the job done. If being selfish – being selfish gets a job done, then shoot the puck. We don't have anybody like that. We don't have anybody Do, – I'm going to tell you what, though. Dobson's not afraid to shoot the puck. And I will give him credit. Letty shot the puck a little bit more last night. Hit Good. Him. I want them to be selfish. I want. And the thing is, we've had power plays where you get six shot on shots on net. We might not score. I don't care. That is a great power play opportunity. I want to see more people being selfish. The goal that Barzal scored yesterday that put us up two to one. That was a direct result of the power play. We didn't score on the power play, but with Dobson out there, I mean, we had fast puck movement. We were putting pressure on them, and they could not recover even when the guy came out of the box. And I thought – I really I thought we had a chance to win that game uh, until they tied it, and then it was back to, well, you know, are we going to get lucky? And is Varlamov going to have to save us? I'll be honest with you. I was really shocked at the end of that game. I was like, things are definitely in our favor. You look at all the players that weren't on the ice, and then they were down two centers after an already battered and bruised up team, and team that's already just – decimated by the COVID, by the COVID protocol and, you know, Tom Wilson being out there, go start a goalie out. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, yeah, it's just not, you would have at least expected a loss in overtime. I mean, that's the first win that the, the, the Capitals have had since all the COVID protocol. They've lost, I think it was three games in overtime or three games in extra time, overtime or shootout in a row. And, you know, they beat the Islanders in regulation. Just not something you, not something ideally you'd like to see out of the Islanders there. And that's what I think is most discouraging about it. Yeah, and you see Washington's 4-0-3, right? They haven't lost in regulation yet. I mean, look at us. We had two games where we scored four goals each, right, against the Rangers and the Devils. Other than that, we've scored three goals in four games. Think about that. You're not going to win many games like that. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. And Brian also saying, I think this is kind of funny, all of our guys played the penalty kill because they certainly don't play the power play. <laughs> Why we don't have talent? I keep I've been telling you for years, TJ. Right, that it's not coaching. It's not we lack talent. That's why our power play isn't any good. We don't have any talent on it. You got one guy, and I, like I said, and you saw the Devils do it. Even when we were on the power play, what happened? You had Matt Barzell, and the Devils would send two guys at him. Boston would send three guys at him, and said, "Have some of you Ham and Egg or Jags do something out there," and they were unable to do it. They know taking. 
the, the book is written on the Islanders this year. Take away Matt Barzal, run the defense, you're going to win every game. That, I mean, that's what it is. That, that's what I would do every single night. I'd hit those defensemen, and I'd have I'd shackle Matt Barzal no matter what. He'll have moments of individual brilliance, but I'm interested to see how they come out and play Matt Barzal tomorrow. He had a little bit too much room yesterday. Well, grumpy old man, we have a comment here from David, and I think he has found the answer as to who is going to be also a player thrust in lineup here as part of this shakeup. David here chimes in saying, Andrew Ladd is going to play tomorrow. He's the cure. He couldn't even play in the band, the cure. I mean, he's finished. I mean, right. I mean, the one good thing, if he does get out there, he'll probably get hurt and they'll be able to dump him on long-term injury. Don't wish injury on people, grumpy old man. I didn't wish it on him. I said, that's probably what would happen. Andrew Ladd is our savior. Where can he go? It's hold on grumpy. This is sarcasm. It's it's obviously being facetious to comment, Grump. I know, I know, but I, I actually I'd love to see him roll out there one game just so I could lose my freaking mind. You so, get throw the, so you can throw the remote again, Grumpy. Yeah, it's a throw the remote moment. <laughs> Scott also chiming in here saying the Islanders make the backup goalies and third string goalies look like Patrick Waugh. Yeah, that's right. Going into the season, I can't even remember who the hell we played against yesterday for the Capitals. This guy was supposed to be the third string goalie or taxi squad goalie, right, Grumpy? In the same exact scenario for the uh, the Devils as well. Yeah. Wedgwood was supposed to be ba- he was supposed to be he's supposed to be a uh, a taxi squad goalie to start the season. Uh, Corey Corey Crawford retires, and then you know they have injury and. This is what happens. We're playing damn third string and and uh, taxi squad ish goalies, Grump. You want a goalie to look good? I'm playing against the Islanders. Anybody wants to get goalies want to get contract extensions and get make big money? I'm playing against the Islanders every night. Probably the goals against could be under one. Oh, grumpy old man. I will say this much again. As much as we've had fun, kind of picking and kind of getting venting a little bit, it's good to vent. I think it is. It's important to notice, though, Grumpy, we are only six games into the regular season. I will tell you, I would feel much more assured if we're six games into the regular season and we've played two games against the Penguins, two games against the Flyers, a game against like a full-strength Capitals, and you know, a game, a game against the, uh, you know, even a game against the Devils. That's fine. We have just the only thing that's concerning. We're six games in the season. I think we've played some of the lesser talented teams in the division a majority of the time. And this Washington Capitals team is, you know, as as Jeff said earlier, like an AHL team that they, they rolled out in the ice yesterday that beat us in regulation, no less. So that's the thing that's concerning for me. I know we're only six games into the season, but, you know, that's that's about a tenth of the way through, Grump. You made a good point. Well, you know, I always like to say it's Maddie and the Jags. It could be Maddie and the Beer League boys, too. I mean, they might be an AHL team, but we play like a Beer League team. It's, I mean, it's bad. You know, I just, I just, while I'm just thinking about it, there are a couple things I just wanted to bring up. You know, when Ross, everyone wants to rip on Ross Johnston, and you know what? He's not the most talented guy in the world. They've taken the aggression out of him, and to his credit, he's tried to fit into the Barry Trot style uh, of play. I think it's hurt him. I don't think that's, like I said, I don't think that's his style. Uh, but you know, when he gets a puck, nobody goes near him. They still have that fear factor. He picks up a puck or he goes into – they really don't go, oh, okay, well, you know what, we're just going to kind of back off. And maybe they just say he doesn't have the skill to make a fantastic pass or something, but I just don't think they don't want to get beat up. That's what I'm going to say. It's a, I think it's a mixture of both, Grumpy, and I'll tell you this much too. 
Anytime Ross, and again, Ross has a lot of flaws. I like Ross Johnson. He's got a lot of flaws. He really does. I'll tell you one thing. For a guy who, honestly, I think should be a fourth-line guy, ideally, and that's what I thought he was originally signed to do on that four-year contract, $1 million per, to be a fourth-line guy. He's playing the third-line role. Don't ask me why. I think he does an excellent job of winning the puck along the boards and winning those board battles. You talk about a guy who's not afraid to play down low, too. That's him. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it just, it's just so frustrating when you have Ross Johnson on your team, who is a fourth liner, a physical fourth liner, who would absolutely fit on that fourth liner, and you feel like you got to sign the $6 million man back. I just don't understand that. I, it just it, it makes no sense. It's just it's so dumb. And you, you hear fans say, well, it's only this much. It's only this much, you know, against the cap. Well, you know what? All that just this much adds up. I mean, you're right. In a couple of years, it's going to be scary how bad this team is going to be when we when we have a whole bunch, like four or five or six guys in their mid-30s, still two or three years left on their deals. Again, I, I will play devil's advocate, grumpy old man. There are always trades that can be made. There are always moves that can be made to go ahead and, and fix that and try to get out of those situations. Um, again, I, I'm i not saying it's going to be made. I'm just saying, you know, to play devil's advocate, there are always ways out. Whether we'll take them, who knows. And again, we're six games into the season. It's always important just to keep bringing that up. Grumpy old man. We have a trivia question here from George. When was the last time it was a healthy scratch? Hopefully tomorrow night. Stop. He sucks. Stop. I've never seen a guy so ineffective. I mean, you know what? He should probably be doing Viagra commercials. That's all I'm going to say. He's so ineffective out there. Oh, gosh, grumpy old man. I'll tell you, you're something else. Um, but, but no, but, but seriously, think about it, right? I mean, where are we, where are we going long term? The only type of trades he makes are ones where you're giving away young players for second-round draft picks. I mean, or you're trading first-round draft picks for guys who are going to be, you know, 30 years old next year. I mean, or we pick up Andy Green, a 37-year-old. Have do you really see any – have you seen anything from Lou Lamarillo that says – Yes, I'm going to be able to move these old veterans to pick up some younger players or to get draft capital. Have you seen anything like that from him? I haven't. Not I'll, at all. I'll tell you this much. Again, Andy Green was a good pickup, grumpy old man. Yes. That was another that was another again. Like I thought, what did we did we give up a second round pick for Andy Green? Yes, second round, which I thought was an overpay for a 37-year-old defenseman. He's I 37. It was it was an overpay for a 37-year-old defenseman at the time period who also uh, was coming at the end of his contract as well. I was trying to remember what it was. He was coming at his end of his contract. Again, it helped kind of propel us there to the Eastern Conference Finals. And for certain, even though we didn't win any games, I think with Andy Green in lineup, we were a much more stout uh, defense at that time period when we were missing Pelic. Um, but yet, I mean, Andy Green was Andy Green was a good acquisition, Grump. Well, he filled in for Johnny. When, when Johnny went down is when Andy Green came in and played in the playoffs. Otherwise, he wasn't going to be a star. He wasn't going to play in the playoffs. He, he and Noah Dobson were going to be that fourth pair. Um, but the injury to Johnny put him in there. And I thought, I like Andy Green. I think he's perfect to team with Noah Dobson. But did you really have to give up a second-round draft pick for him? You gave up a first and a second for Pajot for a third liner. And, you know, I like J.G. Pajot. But you gave up a first and a second rounder for a third-line center. And then you give them a $5 million a year contract, a five-year extension. I mean, it's like, is that really the direction we want to go? 
I mean, does, does Lou really think that this team has a chance to win the cup? I don't, not at all. Uh, you know, and that's why it's just frustrating to me. I just don't want to, I'm just sick and tired. At least we're running out of old guys to sign because they're all already signed to long-term extensions. We can't possibly extend them. Maybe Bailey. How many years does that piece of garbage have left on his Stop. Stop. Here we go. We got another, another comment here from Mark. He's saying Green is also a good mentor for Dobson. That's for certain. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. that that That's a defensive pairing that gels. Yeah, without a doubt. And that brings me to another point. Um, Mike Babcock, the old Toronto and uh, Detroit coach, was the color commentator on the uh, NBC uh, sports uh show last night. And I thought I really liked listening to him. He's obviously a Lou Lamarillo fan and he loved the pairing of, uh, you know, no adoption with Andy green. And he's put it so succinctly. He's like, you know, you just sit there and you just learn how to be a man from, from players like that. I just, I, I love, I liked him in that role. I really did. I really enjoyed Mike Babcock. I really did. I was about to say Mike Babcock. I'll tell you, as long as I, and he's, I'm sorry, he's full-blown Canadians. Like, hey, you know what I mean, hey? Like, uh, he's a hoser, you know, like the old uh, uh, Mackenzie brothers. Uh, <laughs> uh, SCTV days. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I will, I'll be interested. I think he'll be good in that role, Grumpy old man. I know we're a little over an hour and ten minutes, Grumpy. I want to know, what else you have to say here? I know the Islanders play the Washington Capitals. Um Tomorrow, which is going to be Thursday, and then before our next live stream slash podcast, which is going to be post game of the Philadelphia Flyers, grumpy uh, when we, when the Islanders play the Philadelphia Flyers, it is going to be post game. So I'm sure your blood pressure will be elevated, and I'm sure you're going to be fiery. But there are two games, grumpy. I want to know your predictions against the Capitals tomorrow, and then against the Flyers, grumpy old man on Saturday. I think we go to win tomorrow. I have to think we're going to win tomorrow. Um, I don't feel calm. I think Philadelphia is real good. And what they've always needed was the goalie. They had that now in Carter Hart. I think they're a better team now. Uh, the second year under Vigneault, um, I think they're going to be tough for us to beat. As much, and I, I hate to say that because I despise the Flyers. I don't even like the color orange, honestly. Orange and black. Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> a grumpy old man. I th so how many points are you predicting, Grumpy? Two. I'll say two. I'm going to say we're going to have three points. Again, like everybody yeah, – I know it's easy to uh, get angry, Grumpy. I think we're going to win against the Washington Capitals. I think it's really a game that should have been a must. We needed a point. I mean, again, we're so early. There's no such thing as a must-win game this early in the season. That being said, that's a game you really wanted to come away with at least one point in. And, again, just because of the lineup they rolled out there, I'll think – there's no way the Islanders, if they lose tomorrow against the Washington Capitals with the same exact lineup, I mean, it's diminished. I will be shocked. I, I will be I will be apoplectic. I will be angry, just like everybody else. We should be a little upset. That Washington Capitals team is bare bones. It's like an AHL roster out there. Yeah, well, John Carlson's not AHL. And, and, you know, T.J. Oshie. You know, I was interested to see T.J. Oshie even running Pellick yesterday. I mean, they were all taking runs at him. I mean, I think – and he was a little bit dinged up. And it's a smart thing to do. You see that all the time in the playoffs. You see them trying to take out the team's best defenseman, especially, you know, and that's – I mean, that's like I said, that's the strength of our game. 
uh, it's just, like I said, just frustrating just to watch that and just see it happening. And, you know, just to, a pig, uh, to go back a little bit where Barry said he wants everybody to play playoff-type hockey. Well, if you're going to have everybody play playoff-type hockey, you can't play certain lines like, you know, eight minutes a game or play, you know, double-shifting players and, you know, having guys play seven minutes a game. You just, you're going you're gonna to burn them out, especially an older team. You're just going to burn them out. I agree. It's not good to have the mentality of, hey, we have to play playoff style hockey every single night in order to win games. I, I get it. Like maybe you want the playoff style of uh, enthusiasm or effort. That's fine. Uh, but like to play playoff style hockey every single night, that's really tough. There's a reason why at the end of the playoffs every single year, we talk about this all the time. There's like a million different players every single offseason are like, yeah, I was playing there with a torn groin or I was playing with a broken hand. I broke three fingers and I've been playing out there on the ice. Or, oh, yeah, I've got a huge laceration that was barely able to go ahead and go back out there on the ice. They advised me not to. Situations like that. Obviously, you can't – not sustainable long term there, Grump. I'll tell you here. So I think we need to win against the Washington Capitals. I think we will win against the Washington Capitals tomorrow. And I think on Saturday against the Flyers, I think we're coming away with an overtime loss, Grumpy. I hate the Flyers. I just hate the Flyers. I, I just hate them. That's all I can say. I hate them. I mean, I, you know, I will be interested. I do want to see us come out some points, obviously. I do think we'll come out better, but I'm really interested to see what he's going to roll out there. I'm telling you, it's going to, like, I, we were being facetious, obviously, about Andrew Ladd. It's going to be Sarnak or it's going to be Timisoff. I really think that Oliver Wallstrom is not going to get it. I hope he does get time out there on the ice, Grumpy. I just I don't would, think he will. I mean, you know, I was saying put him on the first line, but, I mean, Barzell is the first line. So, I mean, we, he is scoring goals. He is setting other people up to score. Um, but, I mean, if you play Wallstrom, he almost has to be with Pajot. I think because Pajot does have some offensive acumen. The second line is a dumpster fire right now. It just is. You have nobody, nobody to drive play. And that's what always frustrated me. I mean, years ago I said, who always had a really good chemistry with Brock Nelson? Josh Hosang did. He was really, he really used to set up because Nelson is not a play, he's not a guy who sets things up. He just not, he's just not. But they had a creator in Hosang, and they missed that. I mean, I've been saying it for years. They have one guy who's a creator on the whole team. God, I, I and I'll tell you this here too, grumpy old man. It's I'm trying to find a way to pick my words here. It's it's early. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I don't want to go too much into it's early yet. That's all I'm gonna say, grump. But this is a game really we can't afford to lose against the Capitals. I mean, shit. If you if you drop two games to the Capitals with the lineup they're rolling out there, I know I keep saying they're like an AHL roster. I know I'm being a little hyperbolic. In the same token, though, this is a team you should really be able to take advantage of. You've got an elite level coach, and our teams getting back getting to a centralized point. We need to also establish some continuity and consistent lines. As much as Jean Gabriel Pajot is a spark plug and he works anywhere, we need to give him consistent line mates where you say, "Yes, this is what you can expect on a day, night in or game in game out basis." We need to have consistent lines. We need to find that soon too. Well, our lines just don't have a whole lot of talent. I mean, I hate to say it. That's just what it is. We're, we're a team of grinders. Maddie and the Jags. We're called Maddie and the Jags for a reason. Not because, you know, hey, we have all this talent. Uh, we just don't have a whole lot of talent. You got Matt Barzell, and then you got everybody else. Everybody else. I mean, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, Grumpy. Well, is there anything else you want to say here before we wrap things up? Saturday, the post-game live stream is going to be excellent, Grump. I'm looking forward to it. Do you have anything to say, Grumpy old man, before we wrap things up today? It's either going to be really good or really bad. No matter what, I'm going to enjoy it. If we win, I'm going to have a good time because you're going to be happy. If we lose, I'm going to have a good time because you're going to be angry. No matter what, I try to take the best out of the situation, Grump. It's going to make me smile no matter what the result is. I That's the interesting thing about you, Grumpy. All I all I know is I hate the Flyers. I despise them. I, I just you know they're gonna they're gonna be a team that's taking runs at us all the time too. You just know it. Oh, what are we gonna have any fight back? You know maybe we could have Josh Bailey get in a fight and just get knocked out. I'd love to do that. Ko, where he's got to go on long term injury. Just dump all those salaries on long term. Oh gosh, Grumpy old man. Well. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast as always, Grump. My pleasure. And thank you so much for everybody who's participated in the live stream. Is a lot of love the support, guys. We love everybody who gets to go ahead and comment and, and to comment back. And, and so we can go ahead and be active there and, and hear what your guys' thoughts are throughout the season. And thank you so much there for listening to the podcast. Again, Grumpy and I are just two avid Islander fans who love to talk about the sport of hockey, love talking about the Islanders. I know it might not look like Grumpy loves the Islanders, but trust me, he does. That's right. You know I care because I hate. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Grumpy Old Man. Thank you.